The following episode of the 9pm edict contains strong language, politics, alcohol, a saucer of seed, and disturbing sexual imagery. This podcast is so wrong, very wrong. Saturday the 30th of December 2023. We're almost there, folks. In this episode, I'm joined by my good friend Snarky Platypus to discuss everything that occurred to us over drinks on Boxing Day, minus the bits that were too chaotic even for this podcast. We pass comment on Tom Cruise. Short and religiously weird. And Mr Platypus makes an observation about something, I forget what exactly, uh, that could also be your observation about everything we're about to say. Who gives a shit about your opinion on this? You know, it's not relevant, right? It's, it's not relevant. Well, I guess this is one way to end a very strange year, right? Hello, I'm Still Gary, and this is the 9pm Henry Kissinger Hamageddon with Snarky Platypus. Yes, dear listener, once more, despite evidence to the contrary that this is a good thing, um, I'm joined by my good friend Snarky Platypus. Happy post-Christmas. Yeah, happy – it's Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day. We are indeed recording this on Boxing Day. You, dear listener, uh, are not listening to it on Boxing Day because it won't be posted until a couple of days after that. But here we are. So what has been happening in your Christmas, Mr Platypus? I'm in the process of, you know, I'm getting work, I guess, you know, that's an important process. Oh, we did that bit, yeah, yes, last time. But, well, yes, but I am still in the process of getting work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because unlike, well, have you been taking your resume around to all the local businesses? Corner shops, I pharmacies. Mean, I mean, you were speaking about, like, government departments, maybe. <laughs> isn't, isn't this this thing, and, and I don't want to pick on boomers because, you know, technically I am a boomer too, but just <laughs> they do have this idea, don't they, that if if you want to get a job where a job is just this generic thing, that you go door-to-door with oh, your resume no, sh- and annoy small business people oh, no, who are I trying sh- to get on with their fucking day. Oh, no, I need to tell you what my father suggested, that I should contact Bill Shoren's office for, like, a job. <laughs> uh, why? He had the correct eye concept, but just not the execution. <laughs> okay, and, I mean, uh, a policy-related thing. Uh, NDIS. He, he, oh, NDIS. Yes. You, NDIS? Oh, God. No, but he perceived that there was a compliance issue with, with NDIS. Well, there is. is. Well, there is. But yes, yes, there is. And from my understanding of the situation, there is a massive compliance issue with the NDIS. But, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but, but I don't think contacting Bill Schwann's office is really going to help with getting a job in that. So, no, no, that's not how they yeah. recruit. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, the political offices, they do, right? That's the thing. You end up oh, with the yeah, Bruce Lemons of the world. But the other thing is, no, I don't really want to work in that. <laughs> it's a, It's a... Well, there's a difference yeah. between working in government and working in politics. <laughs> well, you do work in compliance and the, well, I did. the, the world well, I did, you did. I did, yeah, I did. Yeah. And, the, and the, the well-paying gigs are yep. in what is called remediation. Yeah, I, well, I know this. I mean, yeah. back in the first dot-com boom, I, I was with, with a company, a startup. Yep which was 50% owned by Fairfax. Why the idiots didn't make it 51% is beyond me because that caused a lot of problems for them later when they couldn't vote out the loud-talking Americans. Um, But, again, they pulled in some some folks who who were experts in remediating companies in serious trouble, and I learnt some very good things from those people. One of the best was when they were being shown around and... Uh, they have been just shown around the office by the general manager and he got called to a phone call, went off to his office, and then one of these two guys came over to me and said, hello, hello, and he handed me his card uh, and he said, as you may have guessed, uh, we're here to sort things out. I went, yeah. Uh, and he just said, just between you and me, uh, what we seem to be being told is bullshit. And while we are being given the tour of the company, I've noticed that four or five separate people have come up to you and asked you something and you've answered their question and they've gone away and been happy. And So I figure you know what the fuck is going on. Can we meet for 45 minutes tomorrow for coffee? Yeah. 
but but <laughs> but did you know what was going on? Well, I did. That was the thing. I mean, I yeah. did. Well, I yeah. It was the nineties. Ah, you know. oh, the first dot com boom. It was a magical time. It was time. innocent times. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how are you? I am fabulous, thank you. Uh, we are recording this, uh, yeah. not up in my uh, lair in the Blue Mountains, but in a, an apartment in, in yeah. Ashfield. Uh, where again, last time we spoke, I was being harassed by cats and here we are recording in the same place. And cats. Now, admittedly, the, the little black and white cat has not come to sit by the yeah. toilet and watch me urinate. Uh, that, that that was a thing, yes. Trough we cat. Spoke. Strange <laughs> trough cat. cat. Trough cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's around. She's it's it's a humid day. She's just slopping yeah. out. Uh, but the psychotic white cat has, of course, spent the entire well, not the entire day, just hissing yeah. at me. But he's now perched on a shelf uh, just above where his automatic cat feeder lives, and he's just sort of kind of staring at it, waiting for the time. He's a He's a very subtle cat, obviously. <laughs> well, so I've been doing that, uh, which meant the Christmas Day for me was just a quiet one here with, yeah. uh, with uh, well, a bit of pondering, a bit of drinking, a yeah. bit of Greek salad. Yeah. That's not a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> not this Christmas, anyway. <laughs> and um, <laughs> People on social media who followed me saw my Christmas. It was a very... Acceptable Christmas lunch. Well, yeah, yeah, you just had a lovely one with your family and yeah. and experienced the continuing ham again. Yes, which yes, the six kilograms of ham we won. What, what like a week and a half? Week, ago. Oh, a week ago, like the, the, yeah. the other weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Platypus and I had gone to uh, a pub in Penrith that we'd never been to before. And my superpower, dear listener, I will go into a pub that I've never been to before and just win the raffle. But you won it three times. Well, I did win three prizes. Yeah. Yes, I I won a half leg of ham, which yeah. which was ham on the bone and was about six kilograms, as we determined later, and a fifty dollar Westfield voucher yeah. and fifty dollars of pub credit. Yeah. Yes, I did as a random blow in. Spent twenty dollars on on tickets, profit, profit, <laughs> and came away with about one hundred and fifty bucks worth of stuff. I have seen the ham, dear listener. Yes. I have seen the ham, really high quality, an Aldi ham, but but I've yeah. I've been confirmed by a Jewish friend of ours that yes. Aldi has extremely yes. high quality ham. He's but, a very but, bad. But you know, Jewish. but it's how I've been using it like in like, you know, Migoreng. <laughs> ham <laughs> Migoreng in like a Korean stew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of they've <laughs> been using that, you know, kind of Whatever dish you can think of, it's kind of it's going to be used in that dish. So. Well, speaking of hams, um, Henry Kissinger is dead, which was a, a major thing of twenty twenty three. That yeah, is possibly I mean, yeah, one I mean, of the worst. That is segways. Yes. Worst. That is possibly one of the worst segways I've ever done. Um, but um, Asawan Swebsang. he is the senior politics reporter for Rolling Stone, yeah. and he did say. First Christmas when Henry Kissinger is a corpse. And I go, yeah, well, the first one since 1720. Oh, no, longer than that, I think. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> like since the fall of Rome? or kind of, <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I did think along those lines. Um, uh, okay, uh, for, for, the, for the young folk, not that, I mean young folk don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Oh, a couple of them do. Um, uh, but... Henry Kissinger, yes, he just turned 100. He was uh, the US Secretary of State under Richard Nixon and is responsible uh, for some interesting decisions around the time of the Vietnam War. Let's, yeah, and National Security Advisor. There, there are many people who would suggest, and they have a valid argument, that the man is a serious fucking war criminal. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... That's the Western foreign policy, but one course, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you you don't get done for war criminals if you're on the side that won Wins the war. Wait, America lost the Vietnam War. No, but they're still, <laughs> but, but they're still the dominant political they alliance. The police, right? yeah. yeah. Um, and political and indeed, alliance. if you look at some of the war crimes treaties, there's actually a, a cutout that America is uh, America can't be done for them. So you know, they, they have they have a what they have a. Roll twenty. Yeah. What's the word? They have a yeah. trump card. Yeah. Not. I didn't want to yeah. say that because we now. Yeah. 
that man. So you know, so you know when people in the West say that you know they've lost confidence in the rules based kind of. I'm going like. How do you think the rules were determined in the first place? <laughs> you, got, you, made, you made the fucking rules. Yeah, kind of like you, know, yeah. you won World War Two, and then everyone got together well, and decided on a whole bunch of rules. But it's not even just World War Two; it, it like, extends beyond that kind of thing. You know, like five hundred years, right? Oh, oh, well, I mean, if you insist. But yeah, 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 I know. But kind of like the level of discourse. We're counting around. It's kind of like, do you realize what the West has done in the last five hundred years? Kind of, you know, kind of, oh, yeah. a thousand years. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Well, no, uh, Five hundred six hundred years, I think. To be, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. not drag in. Yeah, you know, this is not new, right? It's not new to anyone outside the West, right? You know, can you, no, actually, if, I, I want to go back uh, a bit further. I want to go back to the Crusaders sacking Istanbul or Constantinople, as it was then. Oh yes, the Fourth Crusade. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. Of course. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirteenth century. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, it was financed by Venetian merchants. And it very was like, ingenious. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very ingenious. <laughs> very manipulative. Very ingenious. Yes. Neither of us are medieval historians. We have friends who are, and if I know that if you and I start attempting to explain the Fourth Crusades in any kind of detail, they will no, have a. But I did listen to a podcast about the Venetian. <laughs> sorry. I know, sorry. You've done your own research. You listen no, to a no. Pub. Somebody else did the research and listen to it. That's good. I'm, I'm not. I'm not that fucking deluded. Come on, you know. But Venice has done kind of given where Venice fucking is. I've been there three times. A fucking swamp in the middle of kind of you know the upper Adriatic. Well, all good port cities are a swamp. Have you heard of Singapore? Jakarta. Jakarta. I've been to Jakarta many times. Uh-huh. You know, so. Rotterdam. I've been to no. I've been to Amsterdam. Not 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 Rotterdam. But uh, yeah. But so you're a bit of a a swampist. I wish. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he likes it when it's hot and steamy, though. <laughs> but. <laughs> back to Kissinger. Yes, back to Kissinger. I actually want to say, I read a bit more about his history because apart from the fact, okay, this is not a defence of Henry Kissinger, yeah. he had an extremely interesting life. Uh, I, I mean... All right, he was one of the Jewish immigrants from Germany to the United States before. No, 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 that's not the bit I'm saying. Yeah. He was drafted into the army. Yep. And because of his intellectual skills, he ended up working in, in intelligence. And because sure. he spoke fluent German yeah. in counterintelligence. That's the way it works. As the US Army was moving through and occupying Germany, there was at one point, even though he was a private, he ended up being the military administrator of an entire city because they were so short of German speakers that the US Army put a private in charge of a city. But within eight days, he'd set up a civilian administration and got hold of a list of all of the former Gestapo people and he actually ran a whole round up the Gestapo and prosecute them. Oh, yeah, but I don't know what it was. I'm not saying that excuses anything later, obviously. Yeah, but whatever. Kind of, you know, I mean, yeah. whatever. Well, I, I just found it. His his World War Two experience was interesting as a young man, but also one year when I forget which West Asian War was breaking out. I remember. I can't remember. <laughs> I, so, I mean, is, has there ever not been? No. But well, yeah, I'll agree with that. That's- I I remember reading an analysis and thinking. Yeah, this discussion of the forces at play is really, really well informed. Who wrote this? Kissinger. Kissinger. Now, he understood the forces at play. That was fine. The next bit, therefore, what do we do about it or how do we do it? That's the bad bit. Yeah, but this is... This is very much is, Hitler made the train run the on time and that was Mussolini anyway. This is the common issue... True. But this is the common issue with like Western foreign policy, right? You know, the issue is not kind of the information gathering, but yeah, but but the values driving the information gathering, right? Yeah, of, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Sure, a young Kissinger rounding up the fucking Gestapo and making sure they, uh, uh, I was about to say, justice for their war crimes. Okay, no revenge for their war crimes. That's what's happening. Although that was just as well as a war crime. Well, well, because because we all know that sounds like I'm defending the Gestapo now. Oh God! No, but because we all know in kind of like the greater geopolitical context that Central Europe was less important than East Asia. What in 1945? Yeah, all of the Japanese war criminals. How many? How kind of Japan got away with a lot more kind of stuff than 
than Germany did. Oh, yes, yeah. because... It was convenient. Well, <laughs> they're more worried about Russia and East Asia. Dear so. listener, to be clear, he's talking about what they got, quote, got away with as people being prosecuted after the end of the yeah. Second World War. Yeah. We do actually understand Nazi Germany did quite yeah. a number of, uh, I mean, naughty things. They they got away with it because they were considered less geopolitically important than like Japan, where kind of Japan. Well, we all know a, a lot of war criminals in Japan actually got away with it more than in Germany. But that's my point. Anyway, Henry Kissinger is yeah. broadly speaking dead. Yep. Uh, there is some suspicion that he yep. he may you know emerge clawing out of his grave. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I have assumed this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, I've heard that Richard Nixon is running again for POTUS in 2024. It's not make Dick great again. Cause, uh, no, it's not make well, – no, 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 no. The one was uh, you can't lick our dick. I mean, that's technically wrong. <laughs> <laughs> technically wrong. No, not your dick. <laughs> by, by our dick, they mean Dick Nixon. What? Like, okay, and look, to be clear – Okay, this came up on the socials earlier today. There was, very unofficially honest, one of the campaign slogans for Richard Nixon in in the 60 election, the 72 election, is this, you can't lick our dick. And, you know, the... the (laughs) Just be thankful this is not a a video (laughs) podcast. Oh, that was a there was there was a lot of tongue just there, um, it, and it's it out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not. I, I I mean it was a <laughs> there were such buttons made you can't lick our dick um, uh, with uh, with a picture of a, a younger somewhat younger Richard Dixon in it. Yeah, well he was he was never that attractive really, sir. So. No, I'm not even suggesting that. Uh, but I like the fact that that was oh, that wasn't an official campaign slogan. That was that was just people. <laughs> yeah, I believe. You. Fucking Americans. <laughs> Fucking Americans. Uh, I know. Let's move on to some of the events of uh, 2023, and one of the uh, the most important ones, I yeah. think, uh, for us here in, in New South yeah. Wales was the New South Wales state election. Yes. There will be enough seats won by Labor to finish with more seats in the coalition. So there will be, assuming Labor ends up with a few more seats in the coalition, there will be a change of government. So you're calling it Labor is going to form either a minority or majority government? Um, we've got Labor up above 40 seats. The coalition is struggling to get above 27, 28 at this stage. So on those numbers, it, that's not going to turn around. Labor's going to have more seats in this parliament. It looks like the government has been defeated. Anthony, the, the answer to Mr Spears' question was yes. <laughs> Labor has won. I, but that was the moment. And that is from the 25th of March, 2023. It, it seems... An age ago, but it it was this year uh, that uh, Christopher Minns, Chris Minns, became uh, the first Labor Premier of New South Wales in a bit of a while. And I know you want to talk about him because you love him so much. I mean, uh, as you know, I love I love the Minns, the, the Minns dynasty, <laughs> which I can thank the Daily Telegraph for. Because oh, is that theirs? It is because oh, of you know, it is. Oh, of course you know, a bit of sinophobia, you know, but but. but to be honest, I think it sums up how the regime has worked. To be honest, really? Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's Please discuss. Explain. Yes. Let's discuss the Minns dynasty, right? Right. Yeah. Chris Minns likes to be involved with everything. Mm-hmm. So, if there's even some kind of minor policy announcement, he's there, right? You know, he's, he's just kind of um. Well, that's what a premier does, isn't it? If it, if it's a good news, good announcement, the leader does the press conference, and if it's responding to something terrible that happens. It's a junior minister. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, we know how Westminster technically works, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I'm sure the listeners couldn't see what I was doing there, but it's kind of a, yeah. Well, very, yeah. well I, I mean, yeah, but zip it back up. Yeah. Minns is very visible. He seems to be more like a talk radio show announcer than an actual kind of premier. That's that's my interpretation. Of well, that. there's been more and more of that happening, though, surely, that... that uh, I mean, we, we mentioned um, uh, Tricky Dicky Nixon just before, yeah. 
but the the reason he lost in 1960 to John F. Kennedy was that Kennedy looked fucking good on television, yep. whereas Nixon looked like a sweaty, dodgy cunt. Yep. But I guess this is my point. They kind of um, like Mins hasn't transcended looking like a sweaty, dodgy cunt. Kind of, you know. Wait, hang on. No, he's. <laughs> wait, is he? I've lost track of this analogy. Yeah. Is he Nixon or is he Kennedy? Well, he seems to want to give his opinion on everything, which is fine, you know, or whatever. But kind of, uh, you know, he's you know, giving his bad opinions about drug policy. He's got a bias towards, you know, um, um. Law like, and order. No, a Zionist over Palestinian causes. I, I, and I think the point you're making there is the Premier of New South Wales um, is not required to run an independent foreign policy from, yes. from yeah. the Australian he, government. Who gives a shit about your opinion on this? You know, it's not relevant, right? It is not relevant. You are required to do relevant policy and service delivery, right? And to be honest, and I mean, in terms of, he's done this in several areas, like, like, like housing, right? I think... Housing is probably the only area he's really done a really good job in. You know, he's probably the first Australian Premier to actually address this properly, in my opinion. What's he done? Well, he's uh, he's rezoned kind of a lot of the housing around like public transport precincts, so around stations, metro stations, etc. What what do they call upzoning, right? So where you kind of you encourage housing to be built, kind of or high rise housing to be built around these areas, right? But kind of. We all know tradi- traditionally in Australian housing, kind of a well, heritage, well, heritage, heritage. <laughs> we we need some way yeah. to do this, this yeah. visual yeah. of yeah. air quotes yeah. slash antlers that yeah. happens at this because they're really quite bold and yeah. graphic. Yeah, air quotes, but yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that. I mean, it's not just a problem in yeah. in Sydney, of course. Well, it's a problem in every every well, city yeah, for sure, on the for planet. Sure. That where there are particularly rail transport junctions, that's where Victorian era development happened, and now that's heritage. heritage. I know for a fact you believe uh, that the vast majority of the inner west of Sydney could happily be bulldozed and replaced by eight-storey apartments. Oh, it's not the inner west. <laughs> <laughs> but people on Twitter have posted about like the heritage protection areas in Sydney. It's, it's quite unbelievable if you look at it. I mean, like the whole of Harbourfield, for example, or Haberfield. 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 <laughs> but kind of, um, but it's all protected by heritage. Like, like why? Well, <laughs> Haberfield um, was one of the places. It's it's kind of a couple of slots over from yeah. from Leichhardt and yeah. was where a lot of uh, post-World War II Italian migrants yeah, yeah. Uh, came to Sydney and that was therefore all market gardening thing. And, and later those market gardens were turned into generic housing developments. Yeah. So when you, you look at what's there, it's just row after row of standard fucking suburban package yeah. deals in the same way that if you look at all of the the outer suburban development, they're all, oh, look, here's 500 new houses and they're all one of six designs picked off a plan uh, McMansions was the phrase for many of them because they're they're obviously aspirational, uh, mid, you know, middle class, and therefore you've got a husband, a wife, two kids, and, and a fucking annoying dog, and they've got two four wheel drives, and the kids are going to a private school, and they've got a two well, it's not a two bedroom house, it's a two story house, but it's a four bedroom, four bedroom and house. it has a separate living room and a dining room and a media room. And a family room, and they're all built on prime market gardening land. So uh, I can I can hear you, dear listener, going, mate, this has been happening for a fucking century. At least it's been happening longer than that. Yeah. Um, uh, but cities get built where the land is good and the water is good. Yep. But then, as the cities grow, yep. Yep. in relation to back to the New South government, I am very frustrated with Min. This is kind of generally. He's more like a, a radio talk show host. You know, he gives opinions on kind of all these really petty bullshit things. I also oh. saw the men's government announced, oh, we're building these two new metro lines. And I went, wait, wait, no, no, there are four new metro lines. What do you mean yeah. you're announcing you're building two? Oh. There were there were four. Oh, it was it was such a panto, seriously, kind of like, you know, um, I mean, I agree kind of. Um, I don't know that you understand the meaning of the word panto. Oh no, I, I think I do. I mean, where's where's the donkey? What? Where's the where's the panto horse? Where's the dame, who is of course 
an older and respected actor but in drag? Where is the sexy young woman who is in fact playing a boy role so that the, the granddads in the audience can have a bit of a surreptitious wank while the kids are well, shouting, you, look behind you! Well, if you, <laughs> if you give me a list of ministers, I can identify them for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave that, <laughs> dear listener, to you at home where it's just, okay, Minister for Health, uh, yeah, the dame. I, I, just to be clear, I have no idea who any of these people are. I don't know whether well, any of this is the Minister of Health is like, well, he's a man, but he could he could still be wank wank value, I guess. No, the dame isn't wank value. The dame is the drag queen. Oh no, oh no, I'm the panto dame. The Minister of Health is more wank value than a dame, but it's just my opinion. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to look this up. <laughs> Ryan Park. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Mediocre middle-aged white man. It's platypus con- country. <laughs> He's not a Dave. <laughs> That's my point. No, 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 no. He couldn't. He could. No, no, no. He can. He couldn't do a pando Dave. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. That's my point. <laughs> well, he's only forty-six years old for starters. Oh, I'm willing to go. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I mean, a, a, a panto dame has to be at least in their 60s. <laughs> okay, let's take a break and do yeah. the housekeeping. <laughs> yes, before this episode gets completely out of control, uh, let's remind you what's coming up. Uh, first of all, Not sure when the next episode's going to be because we're getting to the end of the year, but there will be, of course, some more episodes in this summer series uh, in January and February. Look out for them in the late part of January, I think. And uh, we've just done uh, a couple of live streams of the 8pm quiz recently. If you look at my YouTube channel, you will find them not quite the same if you're playing it off the recording rather than uh, having the live interaction with with people, but yeah, maybe uh, it'll still be fun on, on one of those days in the summer holidays that just drags on and on and on and you're bored as shit. And, of course, on the podcast website, the9pmedic.com, click through to the edict, to the episode you want, all the notes, all the things we've linked to. <sighs> It's terrible. Uh, Thank you again to everyone who did uh, support and who is supporting the 9pm Summer Series 2023. You're all listed on the podcast website, of course. And today I want to thank people at the the left-hand end of the bell curve uh, because, uh, you know, people people are important no matter where they fit into the the scheme of things. Uh, So thank you to the Media Freedom Citizens who contributed a basic tip. You know who you are. You're on the website. And a lot of you just keep putting in those little tips regularly. And that's that's really cool. That that really does help a lot. And thank you to the foot soldiers for media freedom. Uh, I don't know why I made up these silly titles way back, but I'm sticking with them, who who gave a slightly less basic tip, as, uh, as it's called. Uh, Brenton Ralph, uh, Eric T.F. Bat, which is Eric the Fruit Bat, uh, Greg Randolph, James Henstridge, Jim Campbell, Matthew Crawford, Michael Harris, Rowan Pierce, and two people. Uh, who choose to remain anonymous. And I want to thank again the nine people who chose to have no reward whatsoever, even though a good number of those people were among the most generous of all. And just say, here, keep keep doing your shit, man. Keep doing your shit, Stilgarian. And, and so I will. I will keep doing my shit. Uh, and if you would like to join those people, um, you can you can throw in a tip. I am going to restructure things a little in the new year, but for now, uh, a little bit of a, a Christmassy New Year tip wouldn't go ashtray, as they say. Uh, that's 9pmedic.com slash tip, the 9pmedic.com slash tip. Ooh, a shaker. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, 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 <laughs> shake that food. <laughs> anyway. Time for some trigger words. Excellent. 
as regular listeners to the pod will know, this is, well, it's not the glass jar of transparency. This is a huge throat. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the cocktail shaker of integrity. And oh boy, is the integrity <laughs> on full display. It, it's spilled. <laughs> Each. <laughs> oh dear. The cocktail shaker yeah. of integrity. If people remember the Stilwerian live video stream from many years ago, it contains folded up pieces of paper. Each piece of paper contains a word bought and sent in by a supporter in the hope that it will trigger a conversation. And uh, I will ask Snarky Platypus to draw one from there. Foretelling events by means of a cock. (laughs) This is... (laughs) This is from Christopher Biggs. <laughs> the word is electriomancy, yep. which is indeed the foretelling of events by means of a cock. Well, cock by a rooster or a cock by a penis or kind of a... I mean, where does this conversation really? take us? I'm sure it's meant to be the entrails of a, of a rooster. But you would eat the whole rooster, surely. Well, you would. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the entrails. Well, why not? <laughs> you are so Asian sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, ways of telling the future. These days you would have a cock and you would uh, uh, just stay with me here. <laughs> I know you've gone off into some weird fantasy here. But you would have a cock and you would have two small sources of, of seed. <laughs> By which I mean grain. <laughs> I see. And you would predict the, say, the result of the World Cup footballs? Via octopus. Well, Paul the octopus, yeah, who's most famous, but yeah. you could do it with your cock <laughs> just to see where... Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> to see which um, saucer of seed your cock goes to first. Well, I mean, that does raise the, the point that I don't know whether we can <laughs> foretell the future by cock. We can certainly analyse the past by cock. Oh, have, and ha- haven't, haven't we all? <laughs> making very bad decisions. <laughs> so, which, which reminds me now of the former leader of the Democrat Party. Oh, which one? Um, Jeanine Haynes? Oh, no, 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 no. Natasha stopped the spoiler? No, no, no. The, the, the other key word I need to say yes. is Gareth. Gareth. Oh, oh. yeah. Well, had, had, we, had we forgotten about that? Haven't we all tried to forget it out? <laughs> Even Cheryl has tried to forget about it? Dear listener, for those of you uh, either A, not Australian, or B, yeah. under the age of about 50, <laughs> um... <laughs> No, 45, 40. <laughs> <laughs> to be generous. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cheryl Kerner was leader of the Australian Democrats, which, which if you were really old, you'll remember was a political party uh, that actually was the number three political party in Australia, a position now held by, well, by the Australian Greens, if you assume for the moment that the Liberal Party and the, the oh, I was about to call them the country party, the national party. Same shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, are in fact one part, one, well, they're, they're a long-standing coalition. Why there's still a coalition, no one knows. Well, actually we do because without those extra national party votes in rural and regional areas, the Liberal Party would not stand a snowflake's fucking chance in hell of ever forming government. So it's a strange coalition. It is. But back in the day, uh, the the Australian Democrats, keep the bastards honest, uh, were um, in essentially the position the, the Australian Greens are now as as the third biggest block of votes in Parliament. Yep. And uh, Cheryl Kernow, who was the leader of said party, um, uh, took a shine to um, uh, Gareth Evans, who at the time was probably foreign minister. I mean, look up the dates for yourself. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, he was certainly a candidate to be Secretary General of the United Nations after he was. that. He was. Um, um, which he didn't get, but because 
he would have been replacing Butrus Butrus Gali as Secretary General. People called him Gareth Gareth Evans, which is possibly racist. Um, yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, like, let's yeah, not yeah. think through that too much, but. He was very good, actually. I met I met Gareth Gareth on on a number of a yeah. uh, couple of occasions. Very very smart man. Yeah. Probably not not one of the worst foreign ministers Australia has had. I think is fair to say. He's well, foreign minister during the Paul Keating era. Compared to Keating. Da- um, compared to Alexander Downer or Julie Bishop, sure, you know. <sighs> I don't know where the fuck that was going. Thank you, Christopher Biggs. Let's try. No, oh, hang on. For the integrity, you need to draw it out. Right. Cruz. Okay, who's it from? Peter. Leave it ink? Yeah. Okay, thank you, Peter. And and it's Cruz. C-R-U-I-S-E, Cruz. I mean, two things come to mind here about Cruz. The standard gay male definition of cruise, which is kind of, you know. To so go out looking for sex. Yeah. But also kind of the P&O cruise and kind of, you know, uh, yeah. Ah, yes. The uh, the wonderful um, cruise ships as opposed to ocean liners. And I'm sure you know the difference. Yeah, technically. Yes. Okay. 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 Ocean liners yep. are designed to transport people either in luxury or in third class. <sighs> Um, from point A to point B. So transatlantic uh-huh. on it, cross the Atlantic, travel to New York. Mostly supplanted by airlines yeah. and the plane inventor. A cruise ship, however, is designed for recreation, not to get anywhere. So, But that's most cruise ships nowadays. Correct. No, no not most, all cruise ships nowadays. Well, cruise ships as opposed to liners, yes. Most yes. of them, it's huge. No, they are all, cruise no, ships. No, all, not all. Um, I mean, you say that, but on YouTube you can find videos saying that the only ocean liner left in 2023 is the Queen Mary 2. And it's kind of correct, but if you were choosing to go from London to New York or... You would fly. You would fly, that's right. So pretty much... All of them, it's except the apparently the QN2. It's the leisure. It's, it's the leisure cruise. Yeah, yeah. Leisure cruise, and yeah. that's why some of them, particularly you yeah. mentioned the gay cruisers, yeah. like they, they literally just sail out from Sydney for three days and sail in a circle and then come back. P&O cruisers do that. And, yeah. and there are cruise liners going around the yeah. coast and to places and you see yeah. scenery. But your goal is not to transport yourself no, from... It is leisure, leisure yeah. and they will take the ship to yeah. somewhere where there's pretty scenery to look I mean, at. I mean, I mean, I know this from my boomer parents. They've looked at cruises like doing in Alaska or like in Central Europe, right? It's all not for transportation; it's for all for leisure. I was about to say those in Central Europe are on canal boats, not on <laughs> oceanic cruise ships. But, sim- but still, same idea, yeah. Still for, for leisure, right? Yeah, you know. Kind of, whereas in the past, maybe they might have done for sure, you know. Well, there were cruise ships, yeah. Look, you know, I mean, I guess just to bring it back to the original topic, so I guess this is more interesting than kind of... It, the original topic is just cruise. Yes, we can do anything but, we like. Yes. It, could, it could be Tom Cruise. Yes, but... Oh, God. Oh. oh, you didn't want to root him? Short and religiously weird. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I mean, that happened later. Uh, oh, not, not the short bit. He's <laughs> always been short, I know you. That's, that's how it works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, yep. Um, oh, that was Peter Levening. <laughs> Sorry, thank you, Peter. Uh, that is uh, that yes. is seriously enough trigger words for yes. today. I'm triggered. How <laughs> are we? <laughs> Elephant stamp time. Elephant stamp time. On many episodes of this podcast, I award elephant stamps of approval for excellence in a category of thinking. And because Snarky Platypus is with us today, we're going to do one each. So who's going to go first? You can go first. Oh, yeah, I didn't pick one. (laughs) (laughs) I will go first. (laughs) Okay, I haven't picked one. Snarky Platypus has... Tim Wilson, so um, former um, Liberal Party 
Yes. Member for... Liberal Party member for Goldstein. Which is a, a conservative seat in Conservative Victoria, seat in Victoria in on Brighton, on the coast. I know where it is exactly, but mm-hmm. that's not the point, really, to be honest. No. Before that, he was he was um, a policy twink at... Uh, <laughs> Okay, I, I'm just laughing because I'm, I'm familiar with the phrase policy wonk, a policy twink. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> At the Institute of Public Affairs. Yes, exactly. Which po- is a, shall I say, far right. It's a, it's a neoliberal. Lunar right. Lunar right, yeah. um, quote, think tank, unquote, yeah. um, lobby group. But funded yes. well, we don't. We, technically, we don't know who it's funded by, but it's the mining industry and the tobacco yeah. industry and shit. Gina, other people. So we know, yeah. Gina Reinhardt. Yeah, Gina. Oh, I love her work. Yeah, yeah. He is from that background. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a policy twink. Policy twink. I mean, but that's that's a path you you become a policy twink. Yeah, it is, uh, yeah, you yeah, work yeah, for a yeah. Liberal Party politician. You but, then go and do a time at the Institute of Public Affairs. Um, and then you get dropped into a safe Liberal seat and you become a Member of Parliament and you become lose a it. Minister. And then you lose it. And then you lose it. And he, at the last federal election, he lost a seat uh, again back to one of the Teal candidates. Yes. And an ex-ABC candidate, Zoe Daniel. You have asked me to play this grab. This is yeah. from uh, April, Earlier on the year. Um, April yeah. in the yeah. year. This story is from Channel 7. An early Anzac Day ceremony has sparked a heated dispute between warring political figures. A wreath-laying ceremony led to words between ousted Liberal MP Tim Wilson and a staffer for the woman who replaced him. Zoe Daniels won the election, but it seems the battle with Tim Wilson isn't over. Very inappropriate. The federal member was invited to lay a wreath at a ceremony in Beaumaris. She didn't attend because she was at an event for her son and sent a staff member in her place. But former MP Tim Wilson says organisers gave him the wreath instead. Very inappropriate. He defended himself on Twitter, saying it was handed to him and would have been disrespectful to turn it down. The Premier and Opposition Leader will attend the dawn service at the Shrine tomorrow morning, along with a crowd of around 50,000. OK, so uh, I've watched the video. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. And was he offered the wreath to lay? No. <laughs> I mean, the video is not in the Channel 7 video, but there is actually a more extensive video that's been offered kind of, uh, you know. Mm. Yeah. It's the 21st century. It's an Anzac Day yeah. wreath-laying ceremony. There's a lot of fucking phone cameras oh, recording yeah. what's going on, right? Yeah. Tim Wilson doesn't appear to have, like, processed the fact that he's no longer an MP. Like his, I was about to say, Twitter handle, his X handle, yeah. his handle on the website formerly known as Twitter is still... Yeah. Tim Wilson MP, and yeah. he's not a member of parliament yeah. anymore. Tim Wilson kind of, he still believes he's oppressed by the masses. Don't you know. What? In, in his recent interview in The Age, right? So right. kind of, yeah, no, he Melbourne said Melbourne newspaper. Yep, yep. But is he kind of- um, A once respected Melbourne newspaper. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. When I say once respected, I mean like in the 1950s. <laughs> in the Victorian era, yeah. yeah. People were- Talking him down because um, he was progressing too quickly because as a gay man he was repressing himself because um what I, okay I, I need yeah. to unpack that a bit yeah. so Tim Wilson a a, a card carrying yeah. uh, former IPA policy twin yeah I'm I'm going to go with that yeah and uh, a member of the Liberal Party of Australia yeah. is being too progressive because what? he's gay what is because it? he exists what is the implication like that like he's progressing too Quickly. <laughs> I don't recall him doing anything particularly progressive in Parliament. And kind of, um, you know, being from a similar background to him, regardless of kind of, you know, our, our skin tone. He's just another, and I, look, I know we use the phrase generic white man mm. quite a bit. But he is. But he is. Yeah. Uh, he is just a perfectly oh, run-of-the-mill... But you know what? The Liberal Party policy yep. twink. 
But you know what he mentioned kind of you know, in his article in the age, no, he mentioned about his trauma of being kind of coming out and kind of like, what you know, what trauma did you have when he coming out? Kind of, you know, I mean, kind of a, number one, you never mentioned the first place. Number two, how is it relevant to you becoming a parliamentarian? Kind of a, well, it was never part of his politics. No. No. He's never mentioned it, to be honest. <laughs> no. No, and, and until, you know, quite frankly, until you said it just before, I'd completely forgotten the fact. Well, well, until he mentioned it, I didn't even know about kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's not relevant. Like, yeah. You know, but kind of he needs to explain it, you know. Yeah, some people have a really hard time. Some yeah, people don't. Some people but whatever. I don't understand from how he explained it how he's had a hard time. Well, tell us about it, mate. Tell us your story. I don't know because he never really explained it. Well, I assume he went to, you know, an expensive school. I should probably look that up. Uh, fact check it yourself. Oh, list it's a fucking, fucking Melbourne school of some sort, probably, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. okay. I, yeah, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. He's only 43. Fuck me. Yeah, I know. He's three years older than me. Oh, it looks like he's been through the ring. If, if, if only. <laughs> oh, he's of Armenian descent. What? Um, his maternal grand—I—I—I I, I think this is a bit of a stretch. This is from Wikipedia. His maternal grandfather migrated to Australia from Armenia and was a survivor of the Armenian genocide. Oh, his parents ran pubs in Richmond and on Little Collins Street. Uh, following their divorce, he moved to Mount Martha and attended Mount Martha Primary School and the Peninsula School in Mount Eliza, and then went oh, on to Monash Mo- University. Mornington, Mornington. I—I—I <laughs> I, I see now. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, an Anglican private coeducational at the um, Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I see that. You, you, you don't need to in the next Dear listener, if if you're not an Australian, <laughs> you won't understand why oh, we're from Melbourne. For, or from Melbourne, I'm not from Melbourne, but, it, but even I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, I mean, that's Tim Wilson. Yeah. I, I love the fact that he hasn't processed in his own mind, or at least in his yeah. Twitter handle, that he's no longer a member of parliament. Yeah. But he's going to have another go in the next election, isn't he? He thinks he he should be the member for Goldstein. Yeah, no, um, a few days ago he mentioned that he, yeah, he wanted to run against Goldstein. And the next federal election yeah. will be, what, in about 18 months-ish? Yeah, 25, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's quite enough. Elephant yeah. stamp of approval of Tim yeah. Wilson. Uh, <laughs> I'm over this shit. <laughs> We're going to wrap this episode yeah. with a discussion until we run out of alcohol or ideas yeah. uh, about the year in entertainment. Yes. Are you ready to start? I am, actually. Because the first one on the list is a magnificent and weirdly American series called American Born Chinese. Yeah, this is a very interesting series in my opinion. So I don't know if your viewers know about the history of Viewers? I'm sorry, listeners. Dear dear listener, I mean, you really don't want us to put up a camera for this shit. (laughs) Tell us about American Born Chinese. This... Was was weirdly for me a Disney Plus series. Yeah, so this series is about um, it's essentially the Monkey Legend, right? But right, but in Southern California. Wait, wait, wait okay, so uh, Australian listeners of a certain uh, age, <laughs> that's you, dear listener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the Monkey Story, right? Yeah, of it's course. Yeah. yeah, it's we we all grew up on it. And, yeah, it's a weird mishap of kind of Chinese mythology, right? One of the main characters in the series is the son of the Monkey King, right? Mm. So, yeah, so that's one of the... And the son of the Monkey King ends up going to a high school in Southern California because he's escaped yes. heaven yes. Yes. to the earth. There's a, there's a war in heaven, yes. There's a war in heaven yes. and, and the son of the Monkey King has escaped the war by becoming a high school student in it's, the America. Yes, in Southern California. <laughs> yes. You know, to anyone listening to this, you go, that is ridiculous. I, no, it really, really works. It does work. Yeah, and kind of, um, I guess, looking at the reviews of the series, kind of like, I think they kind of misunderstand it a little bit. It is a kid's fantasy series. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. It's on Disney Plus, yeah. for fuck's sake. But 
it is very adult in a lot of ways as well, right? Kind of like, I mean, as you know, it's again, kind of, I'm, I'm like the drama of the parents and kind of how dissatisfied they are with their lives and kind of, so the son of the Monkey King, that's right, ends up becoming friends with a regular yeah. uh, American Asian yeah. Asian American kid. Yeah. So we see his so yeah. archetypical Asian American parents oh. dealing with the fact that their son is, you know, not being perfect. Yeah. And now there's this this other kid coming in who they want him to be friends, but this other kid is the son of the monkey king. Yeah. There's so many fantastic well, I was about to say cameo. It's Michelle Yeoh yes. is the goddess of mercy. Yeah, of course she is. Of course she is. Of course she is. Of course she is. Ben Wang is Jin Wang, who is yeah. the, the the star of the show, yeah. the son of the Monkey King. Yeah. He does he does really well. Um, one of my favourites in it, of course, is Ronnie Chiang as yeah. Qigong. So that's yeah. the mad monk, the drunken monk, played yeah. by Ronnie Chiang. And and if you haven't done it yet. See Ronnie Chiang, International Student. Yeah. You'll find it on the streaming services. I so that is Ronnie Chiang, who is Australian Asian something. I don't know. No, he's, he's Malaysian Chinese. Yes, yes. Uh, American uh, comedian Jimmy O. Yang uh, yeah. is Ao Guang, the Dragon yeah. King, which is <laughs> really weird. And yeah, and yeah it's American born Chinese. It is fabulous. Look it up on your. Uh, streaming service of choice, and actually, if if you haven't checked it out yet, there's just a a site called JustWatch.com. <laughs> JustWatch.com. Punch in the title of what you're yeah. looking for, and it will tell you which yeah. streaming services yeah. it is currently available on. Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but others, yeah. uh, and and I would never say this, but the platypus will there. There are alternative sites yeah. where you can yeah. find. Oh, there are definitely for videos. Sure. Uh, for sure. In the last segment of this podcast, which is really descending <laughs> into oblivion so well, I want to bring it back to you, Mr. Platypus, oh, sure. by, by talking about platypus. Sure. Here is uh, an extract from a video uh, from earlier this year yep. um, from South Australian Liberal MP David Spears yeah. as opposed to the ABC's David Spears. Is there a difference? They are, they are different people. I guess, yeah. Two years ago, when I was South Australia's Minister for Environment and Water, I commissioned a study to look at the feasibility of bringing platypus back to the River Torrens. The River Torrens winds from the hills to the sea right through our capital city. It's 85 kilometres long and it was once thriving with life. When Europeans colonised South Australia, it became a sewer, a dumping ground. But over recent times, its health has started uh, to recover in quite a significant way. It's far from perfect. There's still far too much sediment runoff and rubbish in the river. But this scoping study, undertaken by Green Adelaide, the body that I set up to have a really sharp focus on urban ecology and lifting the green credentials of our city, this study has found that we can bring platypus back to the River Torrens. There's still a bit of work to do, but there's enough food, there's enough places for them to breed and shelter. Uh, the water is of substantially good quality that will enable us to reintroduce this species. This is really exciting for South Australia and for Adelaide. Can you imagine standing on one of the bridges with your kids looking to see if you can spot a platypus? Even if they were quite common in the river, it would still be hard. But what an afternoon out in the heart of Adelaide. If you're wondering about what the fuck his accent was, he's from he was born in Galloway in Scotland in <sighs> 1984. That's David James Spears. Oh god. Member for the seat of black he's, in South Australia. He's younger than me. Oh yeah, everyone's younger than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably not. Um <laughs> and <laughs> And yes, he was Minister of the Environment in South Australia under the previous Liberal government. He's currently in opposition. He is the leader of the opposition he is, in South yes. Australia at the moment. He is. Uh, but he obviously passionately cares about platypus. He I even, hope so. He even I, I knows hope so. I hope so. to say that the plural of platypus is platypus. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> there is a piece, um, a Christmas Day in The Guardian, yep. the, the Grand. Sure. 
Monotreme Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> the plan to reintroduce platypuses, as they say, yep. into Adelaide's once noxious river. Now, as someone originally from Adelaide, don't call it Torrens noxious. I, I, mean, I mean, it was uh, in the 1800s. But here we are. There, there is a solid plan to introduce platypus to the Torrens River in Adelaide. It's good, but how is the Torrens not noxious? Well, they've cleaned it up. How so? <laughs> um, well, a- apparently the key thing is they stop dumping sewage into the, the Torrens River <laughs> in Adelaide. <laughs> oh, yeah. E- excellent. <laughs> I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've done that. They've done a scoping study, which which that bloke did. Uh-huh. Uh, George, uh-huh. I thought you would react to this with more positive vibes. We talked about this. It would be you said something along the lines. It would be really great if the platypus were reintroduced to South Australia. But it would. But kind of like, but is it? But is it what? What do you mean? Is it? Is it really being introduced? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Just because a couple of media outlets say it's going to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? So <laughs> sure. <laughs> but if it does happen, what I think is going to happen yep. is that South Australia will claim this as one of their great victories, right? Oh, of course they fucking will. Yeah. And then five years from now, Maggie Beer, the celebrity chef, will be selling platypus and olive pate, right? Yeah. She'll be harvesting the little fuckers. And I know there's so much tongue action visible here, dear Lister. Um, and I, I know that Snarky Platypus is a huge fan of Maggie Beer. Oh, I mean, obviously I am. I mean, who is it really? Kind of well, that's the thing. She will introduce Platypus and Olive Pate. Yep. Five years after that, yep. ABC Television will screen a Maggie Beer Christmas special in which she claims to Five be... Five years? All right. Well, three years. No, no. The next year yes. <laughs> to be the first person to breed a platypus by crossing a goose with a rabbit, because that's how you get a platypus, right? It's broadly yep. it. Uh, dear listener, I did ask uh, the Mid-Journey uh, Artificial yes. Intelligence uh, to create an image of Maggie Beer creating a cross between a goose and a rabbit. I'll put that on the podcast website and it's not wrong. And 10 years after that, which will be, I mean, mere days after Maggie Beer's death, the police will be called to the pheasant farm in the Barossa Valley, which is her thing, to investigate her secret cellar kitchen, which is littered with buckets and tubs containing the semi-preserved remains of more than 100 failed crossbreeding experiments uh, between uh, geese and rabbits and the stench will be overpowering. And as Maggie Beer herself said... Make entertaining easy. Make it so full of flavour and have fun with your friends. That was put up two weeks ago as Maggie Beer's <sighs> Christmas entertaining tip. So let's let's hear that again. Like, like, listen to the specifics. Make entertaining easy. Make it so full of flavour and have fun with your friends. So... Flavors and fun with your friends. Uh, is that an edible underwear reference? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you had to have a look. Didn't you? <laughs> uh, to be fair, I, I think there is a solid chance, maybe 30%, 40%, that Maggie Beer is not a serial killer. Oh, yeah. Not yet. I think that's quite enough. Yeah. Um, we can fantasize about Maggie Beer um, in our own time. As I know you will, and as I know I will. Snarky Platypus, thank you so much for joining me on Boxing Day to record uh, whatever this is. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Thank you and good night. Ah, yes, that's all the edict for now, and indeed all the edict for 2023. Thank you very much for staying with me through the year. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like to continue that support, please go to the 9pmedic.com slash tip. I'll be back in 2024. Until then, I'm a Stilgarian. Wash your hands.
The 9pm edict is a skank media production. Sorry. What the fuck was all of that shit? <laughs> It'll be uh, fine. Uh, It'll be. Uh, that'll take fucking forever to edit. <laughs> <laughs> it's even better. Did you break it? No, it's still, still intact. <laughs> oh, dear. <sighs> <laughs>